welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I'm Tyler Smith. I'm David Bax. And thank you for listening, David. Yes. How you doing over there? Well, apparently my audio is unreliable. There's um, just a slight hitch, and I can't okay. quite figure out what it is. I think it's a connection issue. Uh, hopefully it's not. It's not remarkably distracting. I can still make out what you're saying. Okay. Um, but, uh, hopefully it'll work itself out. Yeah. We're all having to make concessions. Um, I don't know, Tyler, if you are, um, well, first off, you know what? I want to tell you about tweakedaudio.com. Tweakedaudio.com is where you go for professional quality earbuds in a variety of stylish styles and colorful colors that look great. They sound great. Tyler and I use them each and every day of our lives. Now here's what I was going to say, Tyler. Um, this pandemic has been gone for so long that I've gone through different stages of what I imagine the other end of it looks like mm -hmm. and whether or not I'm willing to say like, here's something I want to do quote unquote, when this is all over, you know what I mean? Um, so far, like theatrical movie release dates come and go. They're written in sand. They, uh, um, they're, they're, they're not real. Um, but I was thinking just yesterday because I was listening to, on my tweet audio that I come here, buds, uh, the new sing, the new single from the, uh, uh, great French heavy metal band Gojira, which is a name that I know our guest, oh. uh, will recognize. Um, and I was seeing that. So my birthday is in mid September, mm -hmm. September 17th, 2021 Deftones and Gojira are playing at the Greek theater. And I started to think like, that would be a fun thing to do for my birthday. And then I was like, how do I know? I don't know that we'll be able to do, I, I don't know what things will be like in September, you know, uh, 13 months from now. Um, and I don't want to get my hopes up by making plans. Um, but in the meantime, before I can go, well, I can't go see heavy metal and concert anymore. I can listen to it on my tweaked audio.com earbuds. And it sounds great. Uh, they're available for a low, low price at tweakedaudio.com. But if you use the offer code pretension at checkout, you get one third off that low, low price and no shipping charges. So please go to tweakedaudio.com and use the offer code pretension. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with bite clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Tyler? Yes. How do I sound? Bad? Yeah. Why don't, Aaron, why don't you, Aaron, you introduce you, the guest? Aaron, are you getting it? You sound fine. I don't, I don't hear any problem. Okay, so it might, just be, it might just be on my end. Like, and that's the well, other thing. Well, it's on your end. That means it's on the recording. Yeah, that's the other. I guess that, I guess that is true. Although, you know what? Uh, I've been surprised uh, that, like, there are times when I uh, would, you know, I'll record my lecture and uh, record the screening for, for my classes. And I'll notice, like, oh, something's, something seems a little bit off. And then I go back and look at the recording and it was fine. Uh, so I, I can't, it's, it's all, it's all very strange, uh, this new technology and something that is streaming 
apparently isn't always recorded, which seems strange to me uh, and counter to what I've been, been led to believe. But anyway, so, uh, but I think the best way to deal with this is David, if you can just maybe eh, zip it. just zip it for a while, yeah. you know, let the guests and I talk to I'll our keep, heart's content. Keep mum. Mum is the word for D, for you, David. Um, but for me, the word, there are two of them. The first one is Aaron, and the second one, what did I just tell you, David? <laughs> David's phone started ringing. Uh, the first, so everyone now knows the first one's Aaron, and the second one is Newworth, our guest Aaron Newworth. Aaron, how you doing? I am doing great. I'm I'm glad to be. I'm going to say back on the show, but here's so here's what I was thinking about this. I, I've, it's been a, beyond the commentaries, and even those are somewhat few and far between. Yeah, I feel like I, I, and as you know, I'm a listener of the show. I listen to you guys, and then furiously text you later on about things you talked about weeks ago. Yeah, um, but yeah. I feel like I might be the person that's been most mentioned in between being on this show, like being on real episodes of Battleship Retention. Like, well, yeah, because we well back when we still left our homes um we would still see you all the time <laughs> like at, at, at screenings so uh yeah you would you would come up a lot i think because yeah we in fact we just mentioned you on a uh patreon episode that hasn't dropped yet right that's right there, there you go yeah it's so you know it's, that exact thing like the the seeing you at screenings yeah so, it was so and it was I, it was a mailbag like, question of like you know who who do you love more than anybody else in the world? There was only one answer. <laughs> sure. Only one answer. Like I was just, I was thinking about that. I was thinking if I, if we had to guess who has been on battleship retention more, a, a person you see at screenings all the time, talk about movies with and what have you, or movie star, Paul Walter Hauser, you'd probably think the first, but instead <laughs> it's actually movie star, Paul Walter Hauser in recent years. <laughs> I'm sure he would love being referred to as a movie star. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it is a weird thing. Uh, having friends and like, like professional acquaintances, good friends, and then having them on the show is there are times when uh, it feels as though it's like, oh, no, well, we, you know, we uh, we just had them on. Meanwhile, it could have been two, three years ago, but I'm yeah. we're interacting with them enough talking about movies because mm -hmm. eventually uh, the lines between real life and podcasting just get blurred until they pretty much are insignificant. Um, oh, I know it. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you get it. Since I, I host a podcast, so yeah, I like, and I talk to. I, we have weekly guests on featuring a variety of critics that I know because of going to screenings. So it's like, yeah, you you get confused between haven't seen you in a while, but I feel like I've just talked to you. Oh, it's because you're on on Sunday. Like, talk yeah. to you. It's it is. I mean, it really, uh, and it goes the other way uh, as well, where mm -hmm. uh, you know, David and I. <laughs> we don't hang out very putting aside pandemic stuff. Like we don't hang out very much. Like we were talking about, I think on the Patreon, like we, uh, we it's been years since we've seen a movie together. Um, but it doesn't feel like that because one way or another, we are, uh, talking to each other regularly. It just happens that everybody's listening in by everybody. Yeah. I mean, Percentage wise, not a lot of people in, in regards to like the state, uh, the, the population of 
LA County uh-huh. or even just Van Nuys. Um, but yeah, people so. put us up in the, uh, the, the new and noteworthy section sometimes on iTunes. That's how I like to think of it. Sure. Wait, really? I, I stopped, paying, t- yeah, I I stopped paying attention to iTunes uh, after a while. Uh, like we dropped oh, yeah, rate out and review the- us, guys. That's it's, supposed true. Be, it's supposed to be good for us. Yeah, it's uh, people. And if have... we were good at self promotion, we would be saying that. Regular. A lot of the podcasts I listen to, as part of like every episode, they're like, "Hey, rate and review us on iTunes." I never think to do it. I, I never think to do it. I'm not. It's, it's you. You guys are looser in format. I. I mean, it's ingrained in my mind, so I know just to say it. Yeah. Yeah, it's ours at best is, hey, if you think of it, yeah, uh, feel free to do this. Um, meanwhile, no, I don't think, I don't think I've rated it, us. If, if you're looking to find the latest crime podcast and you happen to be like, oh, yeah, I listened to Battleship Retention like three weeks ago. Maybe yeah. I'll search them and give them old, a gold star rating. Reviews a little much. I mean, typing words come on, but still. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> there'll be times that, I mean, this happens obviously with everybody. Like I'll be playing a, a game on my phone and it's a game I return to over and over again. Let's say uh, Gardenscapes. I play a lot of Gardenscapes. And, sure. um, and so it'll pop up and it'll say like, do you love this game? And my first thought is like, well, first off, I don't like you phrasing it that way. Um, just say like, like is fine. Um, and I say, yes, I do. And then it says, and then another thing pops up is like, you know, rate us, rate us on iTunes. And then I'm like, okay. So I click it and then it like, it opens up the iTunes app. I'm like, Hey, 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 easy there. I didn't say I wanted to go to another app. If you can make this easy so that I can rate you right now without leaving and with a minimum of effort, I will do it. But now you're opening a second app and now using my thumb, uh, I have to get rid of this whole other thing before I can get back to losing at Gardenscapes. Yeah, well, you'll do like three other things on your phone that do not really require your attention necessarily. Oh my, you yes. You could have easily done the thing that the phone's asking you, the phone, the app, yeah. the company, the people that are hard at work updating this app for you that you want to play. <laughs> Doing them a simple favor is like, I mean, I could say, yeah, it's pretty fun. I, I like it. I yeah. recommend it to people. But I have like 700 words I need to type about this other movie in between the times that I'm playing this game. So, you know, screw you, app telling me what to do. Here's the way I look at it. I just gave Gardenscapes uh, some pretty good publicity to a certain extent. More than Uh, this show. uh, (laughs) Everybody go and rate Gardenscapes for me. Uh, That would be great. Um, But yeah, so Aaron, yeah, we certainly have not had you on the show since the pandemic. Uh, Mm -hmm. So how, how are you doing? How are you holding up? I mean, as you can see, like I'm doing pretty well. I, I was rocking a beard and more of an Afro-ish mm. type uh, presentation for a while. And then I got a haircut and shaved. I, I'm actually impressed to see that you guys' beards are fairly, you know, sheen. I was expecting a little more uh, Jeremiah oh, no. Johnson going. I've gone the opposite way, I think, as a way of like maintaining sanity. I'm exercising yeah. more, eating healthier, and have increased my like grooming regimen. And like, unlike... My, my my wife who spends all day in her pajamas every day even while she's working if she doesn't have to like uh go out once i'm done with like my morning exercise and walk or whatever and i shower and i shave i put on my products and whatever like and then i get dressed like i get dressed in my clothes for the for, for the day and like uh yeah i have uh two as a as a, a proactive effort to maintain my sanity i have uh taken 
And if I'm, I might sound like I'm bragging, but I've taken pretty good care of myself during this no, pandemic. You're, good. you're doing good. I mean, you got this matrix-like filter on your screen right now, so I don't know what to believe. <laughs> I, I mean, it's very, it's very sickly, David. I'm not sure why it's green. Like, it's not. I guess my wall's green, so it's bouncing off of that. I yeah, guess. yeah, yeah. That'd be if your wall is green. Yes, that's a good reason. I, I, and I, I don't have to hear from Tyler. I know Tyler Swole Smith over here. He's been doing all the kinds of things, right? Uh, yeah, I guess so. I, I wound up. Uh, there, there is a little sort of hiccup in my schedule, which really threw me off as far as my exercising. Uh, but I got back into it and, uh, and I've been enjoying it. Obviously tons of quotes around enjoy. Um, I enjoy, <laughs> I remember Jen, Jen asked like, cause I was, I was feeling up, uh, frustrated with myself cause I hadn't exercised and she goes, she goes, well, you know, what, what do you want uh, to do? And I was like, I want to have exercised. Uh, not, I don't want to exercise. I want to be done with it and then continue with my day. Um, it's the opposite of how I feel about cupcakes, Tyler, which is that I always enjoy eating a cupcake. Sure. And in the moment that I have eaten a cupcake, I regret it. My stomach hurts. My teeth are all like sugary and I, sure. uh, and, and, and I hate it. So yeah. Uh, if, if exercising felt like eating a cupcake and having eaten a cupcake felt like having exercised, that would be, that's what I'm asking the genie for. Although imagine, would, imagine would that count as one wish. <laughs> would the I genie think allow me to get away with that? It all depends on commas and semicolons. David. <laughs> um, can you imagine how, what a hellish existence it would be to eat a cupcake that you hate, but, <laughs> but you know that when you're done with it, you'll, you'll be happy. Um, <laughs> just, just, just muscling your way through that yeah. every day, <laughs> every day. You builds up to it. <laughs> exactly. Oh fuck. I got to eat this cupcake. Uh, um, 530. <laughs> it's, it's filled with nutrients. Um, but yeah, so, uh, no, and, and Aaron, as you, uh, as you, uh, you mentioned getting a haircut, I actually got a haircut yesterday up until Which recently. <laughs> I'm sorry. We there was a big blip and I didn't hear what you said. <laughs> Wait for that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, uh, good God, good God. I should have. I should have seen that coming. I've known you for 21 years at this point, which is insane to even say out loud. That's uh, true, yeah. And yet, I uh, sometimes you surprise me by just being you. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, and I kind of missed my long hair. But I will say, that, like, I didn't have like I can't live with like a like a big bushy beard, like one that's like where the hair is like more than half an inch long or maybe even one, uh, a full inch. Um, but I did, you know, after getting the haircut, suddenly my beard looked pretty scraggly. So I shaved that down and, uh, and yeah, and I do try to, to maintain sanity. It's like, well, if I'm home all the time anyway, like for example, it's a little bit warm in my house right now, despite the wonderful weather we've been experiencing. Oh, it's lately. Beautiful. Um, Great. But it's a bit, it's a bit warm in my house, but you know what? I still put shoes on to record because work psychologically. Yes. I'm working, you know, mm -hmm. um, same as like, I've been wearing shorts lately, but like I put on even there, even though it's just jeans, I put on pants to do this because I'm working, you know? 
um, and you guys might call yeah. me out and say, uh, oh, I'm sorry, is it casual day, Tyler? <laughs> you know, that's what I'm expecting. Um, yeah, I'm uh, also wearing pants and shoes, uh, although I did mix myself a drink, which I don't do when I'm at my actual work. Right. I'm, I mean, not, I'm more excited know. for I'm, I'm more excited for because I just listened to um, our, our mutual friend Terrence on the podcast talking about making you a Riddler costume. So I'm waiting for when that starts. Yeah, for the like, I, I will need to do a lot more exercising because, again, as I've said before, uh, yeah, I. I can't let myself dress like the Riddler until I have the build of the Riddler. Um, Fair. So that's probably going to be goal. never. It's a good. I, that's yeah. a good goal. I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't say you have to be like. You have to be like Ed Gorshin thin. Uh, sure. But, uh, Frank Gorshin. Frank, Frank Gorshin. Ed Nigma. Frank Gorshin. Uh, Frank Gorshin. Uh, by the way, I listened to Terrence's show because. I listen to a lot of podcasts. It's hard right now because I generally listen to when I'm driving to LA or right? doing yeah. other work. So it's like I'm, I have a whole backlog of podcasts that I can't have the feasible time to listen to all of them. So my solution is I'll just listen to ones where black guests are on the podcast. And that really cuts down the time. Of which episodes <laughs> I have to listen to. Yeah, there aren't. Yeah. And sadly there, you won't, there's not a lot of battleship pretension to listen to. Uh, we keep asking and they keep saying no. It's weird. They, I don't know what it is. That, like that yeah. group of them in that they, corner over because they because they all talk with each other and say, "Hey, we're not really cool with BP, right?" <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's um, <laughs> it is it is interesting, and we've talked about this a little bit. Uh, you know, a little uh, peek behind the scenes. You know, like our numbers are are down pretty much the moment the pandemic started, like the numbers went down and it helps you to realize like oh, yeah. some people listen while they're at work. The, the number of people over the years who've said, Hey, I used to work in a warehouse and I listened to you while I was working in a warehouse. There's, I've, I've heard that from like five people. Um, and then of course you just come to realize like, I yeah, didn't know the I warehouse guess. was still open at that point when you guys started the show. You mean the What? Do you mean like the warehouse, the chain? Warehouse. Yes. I, I don't I think see. I, I don't think I, Oh, Oh, W E A R. Got it. Okay. Yes. I just discovered. It's like a private part, private parts about the W E A R. But no, I just, uh, cause I heard that men's warehouse yeah. is closing. And as I looked it up, well, I didn't look it up. As I was reading about it, people stopped liking the way they would look. Yeah. <laughs> well, he couldn't guarantee it anymore. Yeah, he's uh, like, in these trying the times, I hope you understand. We can no longer guarantee you're gonna <laughs> right. like the way you look. The, the virtual, the virtual setups were not working from the waist down. So like, I can half guarantee how you're gonna look. But. I would love that level of honesty. It's like you're gonna like the way you look. We'll do our best. Um, <laughs> But uh, but no, as Dark I was looking at the warehouse, got it. Okay, we're really advertising here today. The yeah, gosh. Well, you know what? I can't advertise for Men's Warehouse anymore because it's going out of business. Uh, and as I was looking at, it, I was like, oh, Men's Warehouse spells it W E A R. Uh, and I thought, like, oh, I don't think I ever realized that. Not that I give a whole lot of thought to Men's Warehouse, but right. uh, but it's just it's like that Berenstain Bears thing, um, except or it's Men's like Warehouse. Once you, once you see the arrow in the FedEx logo, you can't oh, sure. see it. Or the yeah. uh, Tostitos logo is like two people dipping chips in salsa. The T's are like people, and the O is a bowl of salsa. And uh, uh, it took me forever to see that. Now I can't. 
unsee it. But yeah, you bring up a, a we'll get to movies in a second, I swear. Um but uh yeah, this has been a sad uh week in terms of some of my favorite just you know business is closing. It's mm-hmm. it's very sad. Uh it's it's inevitable, but the um uh a couple things i want to give a shout out to the uh uh simsies location in burbank which is where uh front of the show editor large scott and i and, and i and our wives played trivia every sunday for like three years uh is closed for good um and uh uh also one one of me and wife's favorite uh, date night spots downtown baco Mercat uh uh closed closed for good this week so um feeling very sad about that there was a, there was a, I've mentioned this before in my neighborhood, there was a video store called star video, which opened up in 2015 and it was not able to withstand the pandemic. Uh, it hung in there. I mean, like it started after video stores were closing down yeah. and it was doing fine. And then of course this happened. So I drove by it and saw, you know, it was boarded up and it said for lease and that, that really, I actually had a, an emotional response to it. Like it really bummed me out. Um, and then of course, I mean, it's not the business anymore, but, uh, uh, the, the building where meltdown comics was, uh, yeah. burned down, burned to the ground. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, they, yeah. That's a battleship retention connection. It is. Um, that I didn't even think about when I was seeing pictures of that fire. It didn't even occur to me. Yeah. That's, uh, where we did, we did all our live shows. That's right. Back in 2010, I, 2011. I there quite a bit. And, uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was a shame to hear. Yeah, they were they were always uh, always very good to us over there, but um, but you know what? There are other things to be sad about. Yes, including uh, this is something. You know, so for many years, I often said that one of my favorite character actors was Wilfred Brimley, and when I would say that to people, invariably they would they would reference diabetes or Quaker Oats, and I get that you know he became sort of the spokesman for these, these things. Um, and it is a shame that that is, that that is how people remember him, uh, because, and he did just, he did just pass away. Um, and it's a shame that that's how people remember him because man, like anytime he was on screen in any kind of movie, you always knew they're like, all right, well, at least this part of the film is going to be really reliable like i always thought thought of him as a remarkably reliable actor who could bring he could bring a sense of decency or a sense of menace like it's really interesting that he had i mean he you know it's not like he went and did like crazy accents he he was always this type of you know uh no nonsense kind of guy but he could he could twist it one way or another and turn it into whatever he needed to be he's a he's a villain in the firm uh, and then, the, oh, you just, for the first time? Yes, I had not seen The Firm before, and it was on Netflix, so I was like, let's let's do this. It's really, I, I rewatched it recently, I think it's really good. It, it, it's quite good, it's quite entertaining, and he's certainly like, he's, he's a, a nefarious presence in that movie. And, yeah. And, and, it, and intimidating, and you know, he's like, you got Tom Cruise here, he's a spry young man, but like, who for Brimley, like, yeah, he's a bigger guy, but like he brings a certain level of. You don't think of him as like a big bear type of actor, necessarily. Yeah. Like as far like a, like a like a friendly bear. You think of him like as like this guy who just feels imposing when he's on screen. Imposing is great. Yeah, like he can be. He can seem like a like a delightful, maybe curmudgeonly teddy bear, like in uh, one of the Ewok adventures. Yeah. But then, like you just twist it a little bit, and you suddenly realize, like, man, this guy. 
takes over a room. You see him at the end of Absence of Malice. He mm-hmm. shows up. He's, he hasn't been in the film before. He shows up and suddenly everyone in that movie is like, okay, I'm just going to listen to this guy. And he has to, he has to take over the, the screen and he does. And, and I, I love, uh, I really do love him in the firm. Like he has a few really great lines, yeah. but like, you know, he's head of security for the firm, which means he has to like get dirt on everybody. And I remember at one point somebody asked like, it's like, well, how did you, you know, how did you find that out? And he goes, he's like, what do you think I do here? I'm the fucking night watchman, you know? And it's, and it's like, it, and he, he just delivers it in such a way that like, cause he also, despite, you know, like when you see the way he looks, you kind of get the impression that he's got, you know, kind of a, a street smart kind of thing or a, or a down home type of wisdom. But he does, he also exuded intelligence, which is how he could play a scientist uh, like, and not only a scientist, but the smartest scientist, the the first one to figure it all out in the thing. And uh, he, he just, he was a, he's just one of those, those actors that admittedly everybody knows who he is. They know what he looks like. They know how he sounds. Um, But because, and because of that, uh, I think people sort of gave him a place in, in, in the world of movies and TV uh, as like, Oh yeah, he's the Quaker Oats guy who did some acting. Uh, But like, if you look at the number of movies that he was in, in like the seventies, eighties, nineties, and the role that he played in them, like, he was always, he, he wasn't like a fun little cameo. Like he played full on characters and, and was wonderful uh, in them. And, uh, and so it was one of those things where like, uh, I, I, I mean, he was an older guy. And so it's not as though he was like taken from us too soon or anything like that. But uh, I was, because of his death, like I, I didn't want, and thankfully, this has not been the case. There have been a lot of articles written about the type of actor he actually was, mm-hmm. and I'm grateful for that. But uh, but I was I was eager to use the opportunity to talk about how much I've always responded to him as an actor, um, and uh, and how refreshing he always was. Like I went and rewatched. I haven't seen China Syndrome in a long time. Uh, I do own it. I feel like I should rewatch it. But uh, there's a scene early on that he has with uh, Jack Lemmon. And I rewatched that scene where his character, it just has a decent, again, a decency to him, but also is fiercely intelligent. And he picks up on something uh, that other people don't. And so like, he realizes like, Oh, I'm going to get blamed for some, some stuff here. And then Jack Lemmon says, what makes you think they're looking for a scapegoat, a uh, scapegoat? And he pauses and he just says tradition. And he says it in a way that is mournful but it, and funny and cynical and it's it really is just he's I find I, I always found him to be kind of an electrifying actor and I imagine most people would not have described him that way but boy I really really loved him so sorry I wound up talking more longer than no, I thought I, I was going to that's, I apologize that's yeah it's oh my gosh and then i i I posted this on twitter uh he was in 2011 he was on uh the late late show with craig ferguson and his mustache was even bigger and it was one of those things where it's like you can't even really see his mouth move uh which is hilarious because you know you see you you hear him saying stuff and you're like this is like a weird ventriloquist act um and go back and watch that. Go watch that interview. It's on YouTube, and he is just a delight. 
Uh, and you and I were also talking off mic about his episode of Seinfeld where he's the postmaster general. That's a, a Damn right. terrific turn. And probably the, the, I mean, I watched the natural a number of times as a kid. It was one of my dad's favorite movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, uh, the, that Seinfeld episode is probably the, the, the thing that sticks out the most in my mind of Wilhelm Brimley. Now we got a bunch of mail back there. Now you want that mail, don't you, Mr. Kramer? And just, oh, <laughs> just comes in. Well, it's my job and I'm yeah. pretty, and I'm pretty damn serious about it or whatever it is he says. Anyway, so we can, we can move on, but I just wanted to, cause I knew that we weren't going to be doing, we weren't going to be doing a profile of him as much as I would have loved to do that. Uh, but I did want to devote some time to him and, 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 uh, invariably like any time a, a writer or director or an actor passes away, there's somewhere I'm, I'm like, oh, that's unfortunate. But that's the thing is like, there's always, there's going to be someone out there for whom this writer, director, or actor means they're just as passionate about that person as I am about Wilford Brimley. So I want it like, this is one I really wanted to, to focus on, but we can move on. Aaron. You can do a stealth profile and do, or like, by like doing like a commentary session where you have like the thing, China Central <laughs> for conspiracies, conspiracy movies. Well, we haven't mentioned Cocoon, which was, uh, I, I think yeah. to a lot of people, that's a, that's one of the big, big ones, uh, for him. Um, although it's weird to think he was playing like an old man in a movie that's like almost 40 or it's like 35 years old, uh, yeah. I, I guess. Well, that's, that, that's like Max von Sydow. It's a Sydow syndrome in The Exorcist, where like everyone just assumed Max von Sydow was always ninety-five years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was uh, I was looking at because I've been listening to the audiobook of uh, Needful Things. I was going and watching like clips from the movie, and you know, when I first saw it, I was like in high school, so it was, it was the nineties, and I watched it, and Max von Sydow, uh, of course, looked very old there as he was supposed to you look at it now and you're always like oh he's pretty spry actually uh back in that one you know um but uh but yeah so so aaron my question to you Mm -hmm. what have you been watching lately what have i been watching see see i prepared i have a whole doc that I've divided into sections because I've watched so much stuff and I want to sure. just, I'm not going to get to all of it, obviously, but I don't want to be like here puttering around thinking, what have I watched? I know what I've watched guys. Let me tell you. I can't, I can't wait. I love when a guest is prepared. Yeah. Two things. Number one, I don't think I was accusing you of not knowing what you were watching. No, so, no, I'm thinking, I was like, I, I was like, the, we're going to see this guy sweat. <laughs> I listened to this show. I know what guests, you have they're not prepared for the question that you'd expect to have on a movie podcast uh i know i'm here i'm ready but they make up for with charisma so obviously you're prepared <laughs> yeah sure that that's what it is i am curious uh, what are the what are the what are the different sections though like how on how have, do you uh categorize I have, new, I have new releases first time this is i just threw this together so it's not like a fancy database uh, but new releases first time watches I watched a lot of black movies because reasons. Um, <laughs> Sorry, you cut out. You watched on. a lot of what? Uh, black movies? Black movies. Oh. Okay. Um, I, I have this weird section of Meg Ryan movies I've watched because like, I, I, watch uh, I watched the Tom Hanks trilogy, Joe vs. Volcano, sure. uh, uh, Seattle, You Got Mail. You have uh, never seen You've Got Mail? Ah, that's just a delight. That it's, really, it's really good. I'm sure. I'm sure it is. I love them. I love you know Laura Ephron. I'm sure just it's good. One, just, 
just blind by that Blu-ray because it comes with the shop around the corner with the blue. It's like you get that yeah. whole disc. Oh, uh, that's like, like the um, the Truth About Charlie DVD came with Charade. That's right. Yeah, but then you'd have to watch The Truth About Charlie and you'd have a bad version of Charade where you could just go to Criterion and then you got a Blu-ray of Charade. Right there could, yeah, it. yeah, it was a shitty transfer. But uh, I don't know. I defend The Truth About Charlie. I'm a... Uh, that's a... Jonathan, Jonathan Demi, is right or die. A, is that an appropriate term? You're a truther? <laughs> that hasn't been uh, claimed by anybody, right? De- Demi die hard. <laughs> um, all right, well, I want to... Uh, uh, I, I want to... So, this... Uh, I'm glad you have a first time watch list and that's fantastic because that's, if you had asked me before this quarantine pandemic thing started, if this terrible thing happened, what would you do? What would your silver lining be? And I would have said, Oh, I'm going to get to a bunch of movies that I've always meant to watch. And what I couldn't have uh, uh, predicted is that a, I, and I know that I'm fortunate because a lot of people are out of work during this, but my, job my job is so fucking busy right now um that i don't have as much free time as i would have thought i would and also the other thing i couldn't have predicted is that the vod premiere release schedule would be so robust that i would be swamped with new movies to watch i reviewed eight movies this week I wrote, I wrote eight movie review, reviews this week, so I have not been catching up on the first time uh, uh, views that I that I thought I would. I watched Hidden Fortress for the first time like two weeks ago. That's like the one thing I've been able to scratch off my list. I reviewed six, seven, eight movies this week too. Actually, think you know, but, David, we do, we do have writers. You can do what we what we usually do and pass those along if you're, you know, if you're not interested. Um. No, I mean, some or is it that you're always out. you're always interested? I generally pick stuff that I'm interested in. Some of them don't turn out. Uh, um, you wanted to so know well. if she died tomorrow or not? Hey, that was a highlight. I'm so glad I watched She Dies Tomorrow. That was great. Did you watch that one, uh, Aaron? Yeah, I saw it. Yeah. Look, you Aaron, Aaron, your thoughts on the tax collector? Did you see it? I, I saw the tax collector. Yes, I wrote about that this week. It's a it's a movie. It's the sure. worst. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I read your review. I, I'm a little kinder to it because I just thought it was aggressively fine. I, I didn't find it to be grossly offensive. I was glad that you, unlike a lot of other reviewers who clearly watched the, or maybe not clearly watched the movie, but you pointed out how Shia LaBeouf is the most compelling presence in it. And it feels like it's very obvious that he's playing a white guy who's grew up in a certain kind of environment, and that's why he acts a certain way. Where yeah. I've read a lot of reviews that don't seem to want to reflect this. They just want to accuse the movie of doing things. And like, right. I mean, you can be mad at the movie for other reasons. God knows David Ayer is not a great filmmaker all the time, but the, the, the aspect here is not something controversial. He's like, I get the character. Yeah. I, I just, yeah, that's a whole other topic as far as, but it is, it is, it is even with getting, people be. even with getting the character, it is a little bit uncomfortable when he slips into that accent. I don't, dis- I don't disagree. You know, I don't, it's but like, but, I mean, he's calling people homes. It's a, I get, I get that. I just, I know people like, I like David Ayer is like, is a person like that. He's has, he's has that kind of background. Like I get it. I'm not saying it's necessarily appropriate, but as far as the character goes, I see what he's doing. I'm more concerned with why would you put a giant tattoo, like get a chest tattoo (laughs) for this role. That's not going to be seen on screen. I just don't understand. Like cool for being method and all, but, Aaron, don't you worry. We address this in the movie journal, and I'm I'm here to tell you 
that tattoo is well exploited in the publicity photos. Um, so they've, they've got you which, covered on which that. everyone that's lining up to see the tax collector, a movie that would have broken the bank at the box office was surely going to be like, Oh man, here comes creeper with his tattoo. That's the other thing. I mean, you know, David mentioned, mentioned this. So like David Ayer is, he's not, it's not like he's a, he's an event filmmaker, but he is a pretty high profile filmmaker when he makes a movie it usually gets some some press behind it and i know that we're living in a in a time where uh you know the concept of press for anything that's vod is is different than what it normally would be but i it does make me wonder like what was the what was the overall plan for this movie were they were they still going to release it this time of year was it going to have a wide release or a limited release like i'm not really sure but like you know david ayer ayer movies um it's not a big studio. That's the thing. It's not like it's coming out of Warner Brothers or something. Yeah. It's coming out of a smaller mm-hmm. studio. It would have been a fairly small indie release yeah. that would have got attention for the exact reasons it has attention. It would have made you know a nickel at the box office and then be top rented on iTunes for a week sure. and then go away. Sure. Yeah, that's because true. we're talking about it as much as we are. That's what that's the game plan right there. <laughs> oh yeah, so we've played right into their into their hands. Oh, that's yes, on me. Gardenscapes, men's warehouse, tax yeah. collector available <laughs> VOD now. Should I? I'm th- I'm just thinking. Should I get a chest tattoo? And <laughs> have we been manipulated by big chest tattoo? Are we now <laughs> shilling I, I thought- on behalf of big chest tattoo? I thought you guys both had like half of a ship on you since like 2007. <laughs> sure, exactly. You haven't changed the name of the podcast. <laughs> um, I, what I was what I was going to say is, Four Towers back says welcome, and David <laughs> says aboard. That's right. Yes, and because uh, we used to hang out shirtless right next to each other all the time yeah. Yeah. Um, i'm sure when you first got when you guys first got to la like every weekend venice was that that was the thing was absolutely like, sure. yeah we'd strap yeah, on our rollerblades and yeah yeah um, <laughs> rollerblades <laughs> it's funny just to picture isn't it yeah. aaron do you do you have any tattoos tyler does i do not are you tattooed uh no i'm, I'm not a tattoo guy i have nothing against people that have tattoos but uh, as a both being one that just doesn't have much of an interest in it, and as a Jew, I just I don't uh, don't have a real re- real you know reason to want to get a tattoo. I definitely know plenty of Christians that are very much against, against tattoos, and I uh, was not raised in in, a, in an environment where like my parents had tattoos. In fact, very few of the people that I knew had them. Uh, and then uh, suddenly, and but I don't think I was ever actually against them. And then just uh, I always thought it'd be neat to have one. I sometimes forget that I have one, um, even though it is uh, pretty prominent. Like it's right here on my arm. It's very easy to see. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's just a thing that you just get used to, and then it's like, oh yeah. So and then someone's like, "What's your tattoo?" And I just think, "What? What are you talking about?" Oh right, yes, this. And then I have to explain that it's a that it's a spoiler. Yeah, what is this tattoo you're talking about? Um, I think I might get a tattoo. What would it be, David? What would be your tattoo? I've thought of a lot of different uh, uh, ideas. I, I've always wanted to have a tattoo, but I've never been able to commit to anything. But um, um, I feel like I've wanted something maybe to like to to commemorate that I am a uh, Missourian, Illinoisan, and Californian uh, in different ways. You know, I mean, I lived in Illinois for four years, but uh, uh, something to commemorate the various states of America that I've lived in. Sure. 
Although I know that you don't think of yourself as a Missourian. You think of yourself as a Saint. Well, I, as a, I said that I was in, in, in transit. Oh, I see what you mean. Um, uh, no, I do, I, I do think of myself as a Missourian. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, increasingly, I, I think I said in a recent episode, I'm getting to a point where I think of myself as an Angelino first. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, well, sure. Sure. Yeah. It's been, I mean, it's been 15 years. So uh, uh, yeah, I, I feel, I've heard of Jesus. yeah, I feel more of a connection to Los Angeles than St. Louis at this point. Although I still root for St. Louis sports teams because that's sort of, uh, that's like a tattoo. It's not going away when you're, uh, I've never been able to understand people who switch sports team allegiances. I, I, I can't, uh, uh, I, I can't imagine. I can to a degree. Like my dad's from Maryland and he used to be, I mean, he, he was, he was never much like he's a baseball, he likes all sports, but baseball is the one we bond over. Um, and he like, he was for like Orioles to a degree, but coming out here and he's been here for most of his life. Now he's an angels fan. He likes the angels. Um, and then the, the Washington Nationals started up again and he like, he's like, he's cool with the nationals, but at the same time, he's like, no, I like the angels. Like that's who I follow. I, I like following the angels. Yeah, but he's a Redskins I, fan for life. I can't say that anymore. He's a Washington football fan. Washington for life. football team <laughs> fan. Yeah, that I realize that that's which a, he recognizes. By the way, he's like, yeah, I get it. Like he's not upset about this. Is like, yeah. okay, like that's it. It is more. I mean, that's that's obviously like a placeholder until they come up with another name, right? Yeah, but it's isn't it so like that their previous name didn't just start being offensive or just start being called out as offensive how did i just how did they not have a backup plan ready to go like how are they in such denial (laughs) for so long it it seems like like the only explanation for how long they hung on to that name should have been we were really perfecting the logo design for our new name not like oh this blindsided us and i guess we're gonna have to go a season just being uh washington football club or whatever I think it's. I think By the it's way, possible. it's a, it's a, yeah, it's nine o'clock. You're talking with David, Tyler, and Aaron on a Battleship Sports Talk. You know, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a heavy day. It's a heavy, it's a heavy topic. I do think that like any any institution that is as you know reliable and successful as you know the NFL, um, I think it's entirely possible for them to think like. Yeah, we're not we're not changing. No one's asking us to change. Some people are saying we're offensive. This thing is offensive, but that's not hurting our business at all. So we don't have any reason to. So I could see, I could see there being this feeling of like well, that's, I mean, it's always going to be this way. This that's what this uh, the the recent uh, spate of terrible events and the ensuing protests have uh, moved the needle more and more quickly. Uh, um, than anything I've seen in in my lifetime to the point where it is, I mean, mean, it feels like I'd like to, you'd love to think that all these, you know, that, um, that the NHL has these like the signs in the uh, arenas where they're playing the playoffs and say, we skate for black lives. I'd love that to be because the NHL really feels that in their heart. What it is, is, the needle has moved to where now that's, it would be not, it would be unprofitable not to do that. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, as, as I've said before, and it's a weird, it's a, it's a weird thing ever since I was a kid. Like I, I always felt a certain degree of 
mournfulness and anger about like what happened to native americans i don't know why that is like why that group especially when i was a kid i mean obviously like when you're when you're a kid like of a certain age you play like cowboys and indians and the indians are often like the bad guys just because it's what you it's it's not what you know um but for some reason like i always it always bothered me uh when i was a kid and that has that has remained um as an adult so much so that like i mean it's 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 amusing but like that that line in uh, about schmidt where he go he visits a, a museum and he goes and he's talking about native americans he's like those guys got a raw deal and he goes just a raw deal and it's like it's wonderfully delivered by nicholson but it is something that like when i think of something like you know the atlanta braves or the redskins and i'm obviously not a not a sports person but i still know names uh and i did have this thought it's like what was that that's me too i'm not a sports person but i do yeah know the names, so. and so it's just like you know whether it be the Indians with Chief Wahoo and the Braves with that horrifying chant and that sort of thing. Yeah. And I don't, I, don't th- I, I don't consider like Braves as a name to be necessarily offensive, but it is, it's capitalizing on something. Yeah. Like it's there. Pro- if I had to guess, I would say there's not a big uh, uh, representation of Native Americans anywhere in the Atlanta Braves uh, ball club there. And so in a way it's like, yes, go ahead and change your name. And yes, that will cost a great deal of money to do when it comes to merchandising and that sort of thing. But I think I w- it would mean more to me if while you're changing your name, you're also giving a lot of money to uh, like a Native American related charity. And this, this is, you know, this is not usually my brand uh, as someone who says uh, they should give money to a charity that benefits a certain group uh, because why pick one group over another? Like it's just, but for some reason, like there are certain things that I'm more passionate about and, and yeah, like they're changing, they're changing the name now that there's more risk in not changing the name. And so it's like, well, but now I want you to do more. If you're willing to do that, uh, it's, it's that idea. It's like, I feel like you're not sacrificing anything right now and you're not risking mm. anything. And I feel like, I don't know, it's, it's something that, that, that gets me. Like if you're going to, for it to be more than just a gesture, uh, I feel like there needs to be this other element, like maybe commit a percentage of your, of your overall earnings. Like if you're willing to earn money based on this name that you recognize as potentially offensive. And so you want to get rid of the names, like then maybe, take some of that money and, and put it, you know, towards this other thing that may not have been directly harmed by your, by your name, but uh, certainly didn't profit off of you using it. These are a lot of complicated thoughts on the tax collector. Let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. One, you know, it's interesting. One of the, one of the uh, iTunes reviews we got had to do with our discussion of politics, specifically, if you'll pardon me, David's discussion of politics. And, uh, and uh, now, now here and I am, I'm was, doing the same thing. This person was cheering me on. They Absolutely. Were, 100%. Okay. They said more, please get rid of this movie shit. Um, I want more news. Thank you. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, but I can't, you know, I, I can't help it. Uh, and well, I guess I did. I didn't realize that I had that strong of an opinion about it, but I guess I do. Well, speaking of news, Aaron, what are some of the new to you movies that you watched? 
um, extra, extra, read all about it. So I'll, I'll go with the, cause I mean, you guys have the journal, so you talk about newer releases anyway in there. So the, the newer to me, the new to me movies that I've watched that are, you know, like fairly, you know, older movies or what have you. Um, let's, I could just go down this list. Um, X, so Excalibur. I had never seen Excalibur. Oh, mm. I love that movie. It is that movie is like a kitchen sink for medieval like action. Like it, you know, you know what it, what I realized? It's essentially like like a music biopic or a biopic that like goes from like life to end of a person. Like that's what they're doing with the Arthurian legend. And yeah. I found that to be an interesting take as far as John Borman being like. Well, I can't make Lord of the Rings, which is what he wanted to do, so I'll just do Arthur, and I'm going to give you all of Arthur. And so you have the entire history from Uther all the way to the death of Arthur. And I was like, wow, this movie's a mess, but like, it's visually amazing, and it's certainly entertaining to watch throughout. And the guy playing Merlin, whose name I do not know right now offhand, uh, like, j- there's just a lot of things to really like about that film, for sure. So I was... And I like the logic of it's 1980. We want to make a King Arthur movie. Let's make sure to make it a very R-rated King Arthur movie because who needs kids to see this? I was going to say the, the, the one thing they don't include is a family-friendly atmosphere. But if you go back and look at the Arthurian myth, like it's it's not a family-friendly thing. Like well, yeah, Arthur I mean, is a tragic character. He is, and it is set during like the Dark Ages, essentially. So it's yeah. like, yeah, it's not. You're sanitizing it essentially to get yeah. what would what some would assume would be like, yeah, it's a it's an adventure story, so everyone can see this thing. It's like, I mean, King Arthur is pretty it's pretty rough living. <laughs> yeah, the whole uh, the thing I love about the whole the the hazy lighting and the entirely looped dialogue make the whole movie feel like a dream. Like, yeah. I um, you know, I'm not a weed guy. I tried weed uh, when I was uh, younger. I feel like such a dork. I tried weed when I was younger. Did not have the uh, reaction that a lot of people seem to have and like with it. But uh, yeah, watching this caliber makes you think, maybe I should give weed a try again. <laughs> this, might, this might be fun to get high and watch Excalibur. Maybe if you maybe you don't need to if you watch Excalibur. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I mean, I uh, in in college uh, at uh, what is now Missouri State uh, University, uh, I took an Arthurian myth class and I really loved it. And so we read the Once and Future King, um, and then we watched a couple of of movies to sort of discuss different interpretations. Uh, and so you look at something like First Night uh, versus. Um, uh, versus Excalibur, and this was, you know, I'm old enough that the mo- that the Anton Fuqua King Arthur had not yet been released. Um, but uh, it really is interesting. And then you look at, and then uh, we watch The Sword and the Stone as well and just see, like, this, look at all the different ways you can interpret this. And then I remember at the time, Excalibur, I watched it, and it made me uncomfortable because because it was so willing to delve into kind of the 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 darker or even uglier side, not that it's an ugly movie, but the uglier side of this world. And in retrospect, I really love that. But at the time I just wasn't ready for it. There's not a lot of good Arthur tales. That's the other thing. There's a lot of Arthur movies, not a lot of good ones. Excalibur is like among the best. And the the only other like good cinematic version offhand. The one with Dudley Moore. (laughs) (laughs) Aquaman tells like the Arthurian story to like, that's actually clever and how they yeah. do that. Something I really like as far as the Arthur world, I mean, Monty Python's another one, obviously, but I mean, um, uh, the miniseries Merlin with Sam Neill. 
That's mm. when I, I really enjoyed that one from back in the day. And like I've only I haven't seen it since '97, '96 when it actually came out. But I remember, I just really fondly remember it. It's particular like Sam Neill's great. Martin Short is very good in that too, and he got like a Golden Globe nom at that point also. So it's like you know people, people saw the same thing I saw, but like it just sticks with me for whatever reason. Yeah, I feel like the, yeah, that was uh, the '90s, like those those miniseries, TV miniseries, yeah, where night ABC miniseries. Yeah, yeah, and like the special effects were often not great. Um, the one that sticks out to me is the um, the Odyssey with Armand Asante. That's right, uh, uh, as yeah. Odysseus. That was a, that was a big one. And let's yeah, uh, that's that was the thing is like they would make these with a very odd leading man like gulliver's <laughs> travels obviously we get ted danson obviously why wouldn't we makes more sense than anything i've ever thought <laughs> the odyssey that's yeah that was another one where i was like i'm into because i was into classics i was into um greek myth and stuff so it's like this yeah sure give me this and then i watched you know when troy came out i was super excited for it i was like I got the Odyssey already. Let's see how this Troy works. And Wolfgang Peterson's like, we're going to do Troy, but let's get rid of all the gods and stuff. Let's make it a real gritty Troy. And I'm like, okay, Wolfgang, fine. Yeah, that I, is, seen that it is. It's not, it's not, uh, not my favorite. No, I'm not, not a big yeah, fan of Troy. And Troy's movie, Troy is from an age, uh, a time before I was too jaded to get excited by trailers anymore. Which which I am now, but Troy. I remember like seeing the trailer for Troy and seeing yeah. that like seeing like oh you see a ship on the water and like pulling back and seeing oh my god all of these oh, ships yeah. and being like <laughs> so excited for Troy and then uh, yeah what a disappointment that movie is and I well, I like Wolfgang Peterson too it's just that's yeah disappointing movie by that time I think I was not necessarily cynical but I definitely like I saw the trailer for Troy and I was like oh okay. They're trying for Gladiator again. Like they're trying right. to like latch onto that. Yeah, it was in that. And you could, yeah. yeah, you could see sort of the. I saw the, sort of the calculation behind it, and uh, and then I saw the movie uh, and did not uh, care for it. Outside, of course, of Peter O'Toole and Brian Cox, I think they did a great job. And that one on one fight between uh, Brad Pitt and yeah, yeah it's, it's that's uh, really that's, great. It's really good. The pro- I mean, we don't have to talk about. It. None of us watched it, so it doesn't matter. But like, the, my main problem was. Achilles is not the star of this story, and yet you have Brad Pitt here trying to uh, give a bunch of pathos to a character that's supposed to be this brutish asshole. It's like, give me, get him, stop, stop this. Brad knows it too. He said in interviews, like, I hated doing this movie. <laughs> yeah, and it's, I think it shows, and I think he also was, I think Brad Pitt is a marvelous actor in the right role. I think he has a moder- uh, such a modern sensibility. Um, even even when playing something like Jesse James, you know, that's still, you can still add, especially with what that movie is doing as far as legend and, and myth and stuff, you can add a lot of modern stuff into it. But like you put him in Troy or 12 Years a Slave and you're like, what are you doing? Like this, like this cadence is not right for this character. And I don't necessarily blame him. He just shouldn't have been cast. And I realize he produced 12 Years a Slave, but like that, like that, I think I don't love 12 years a slave, but that scene comes along and I'm like, Oh yeah. The rest of the movie is an absolute masterpiece compared to this really clunky. And it might be in the writing, but I think it's mostly in a really no, bad in, bit of casting. It's in pit. He's a, he's a distract. Like I, I am a big fan of 12 years a slave in spite of that scene. Like that's yeah. the part where it's just like, 
okay like i know like you said i know you're producing and whatnot and you're showing up here and i get like the points you get as far as like international sales on this movie but it's like yeah uh, that's true this at this point in the time when we're trying to like get chiwetelegi for out of this situation the last thing i like of of the white saviors you could have in this movie <laughs> brad pitt comes in there with his glowing teeth and it's like okay that's yeah that's like the- out of it you could have put, I really feel like, yeah, I think when it comes right down to it, that was not the character to put a movie star to, to cast a movie star. in. You what know, you could have done. Cause Garrett, cause Garrett Dillahunt's in that movie playing the guy that like rats out. Yeah. Solomon at one point, switch those guys around, make Brad Pitt, the guy that's like the, yeah. the, the crafty evil guy that, that rats out Solomon and put Garrett Dillahunt over as being like the genuine guy who it's like, yeah, all right. He's not occupying too much time here. He's just like, then you're, then you're subverting some. You're doing something at least. At yeah. least you something. know what? Do a de- do a uh, Deadwood thing. Have Garrett De-, De La Hunt play both. What do you think of that? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I think I, by I and large we- that because I watched all of. I told David this last year. I watched all of Deadwood in a row leading up to the movie. So mm. I was very much prepared to watch the Deadwood movie because I had watched it for the first time for a good like three month span, or less than that, because I crammed it. So I watched a ton of Deadwood. Oh, what a wonderful show. I, we say it all the time, Good. but like, I just, I, like, as I'm saying it now, like, I'm just thinking back to what Garrett Delhunt was doing as those two characters and just like, and just the, the, the choice to cast him in both just, it's so ballsy yeah. and, and strange, but also so appropriate. And he's in the movie too, very briefly. He is. Yes. Yeah. 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 I was um I was watching some of the I was I've been watching the wire. My dad's been watching the wire finally because I he has a thing where it's like I tell him years ahead of time like watch the show you'll love it and then he finally watches like I'm loving it. I was like yeah you should have watched it when I told you the first time. <laughs> um, but he's watching the wire now and he's burning through it. So I'm like I'm gonna watch the wire. I've watched I've, been, I've seen it before. But I'm like I'm just gonna put on season four because it's great. Why not? And there's a point where they see Deadwood on the TV in the wire and that just perked me up right there. It's like Ian McShane for briefly and I'm like oh all right. <laughs> In the middle love- of this very disturbing drama involving middle school children getting into the drug trade business, and the like, Ian McShane popped up. All right, that's yeah, that's nice to see. And HBO does it all the time because also on the wire, uh, an earlier season, Omar is watching Oz. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But also, I was just watching uh, Betty, the, the new se- uh, series, Betty, about the yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah the skateboarders. And um, there's a scene where it's like this, uh, it's like an all-girl skate. All the all the like female skaters are like skating in a big crowd together, and there's like this montage of them skating and people on the sidewalk being like, "What, what?" And the 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 weed delivery guy from high maintenance is like oh, one of yeah, the guys yeah, yeah. like who's like who are all these girls skating uh i love it and also and then on high maintenance they did uh, an episode where uh, uh he's delivering weed to someone and they're shooting an episode of girls on the street outside and like you see lena dunham like in between takes I would be yeah. comfortable with high maintenance guy like being in every universe that plays place in New York. Like if anything yeah. goes to New yeah. York and he pops by, I would there would be no part of me that's like this is not appropriate. I'd be like that's just he just lives there. Like that just makes sense to me. Why why would I not like, see him at some point? Now have you like Richard Belzer yeah. Uh, yeah. as a detective yeah. Munch or whatever. Yeah. Just bring the bells yeah. in anywhere you go. Aaron, have you watched all of High Maintenance? I I believe I I believe I mean I've seen up like whatever whenever it first started in like long form because i know it was like shorts right before yeah which you can watch all those are on the hbo app if you want uh, to watch yeah, them which but, I, um, you know at some point i should probably do just because that's easy at this point right now but i guess well, what i'm saying is in the most recent season 
they reveal what his actual name is and i'm finding it very yeah, difficult yeah. to keep calling him guy or the guy because i know what his name is now after four years plus actually i i hate i feel like i'm bragging i was actually a fan of the web series before the show existed so you're cool i get it yeah (laughs) so for like six seven years i've known him as the guy and now that i know it i want to say his name but i feel like that would be uh uh, a spoiler for a lot of people who haven't caught up his that name is of course in one ear and out the other yeah. for me though like i don't even think about the fact that his name was revealed it's just like like bubbles on the wire i just was still gonna call oh it sure yeah, like, yeah i know I, like I, it just doesn't it, like and that's like that's tv to me in general it's like i'll think of these things when they matter to me on the show but outside the show no hmm. meanwhile movies i'll retain like random like phone numbers that someone needs to tell someone in a moment that like i don't need to know this phone number but it's really important to this character right now. like that will matter to me for some reason huh. I uh, I'm much the same way uh, where if something like it's it's so odd and I almost condemn myself for it is if something is presented to me in a movie or TV show it's almost the same concept as like if something is out of frame then it's very you're not thinking about it and so like um, until if it's not if if something is story driven or narrative driven then when they present me with a plot point and then the characters say this is very important some people are like some people I know say like oh yeah I knew that was going to be important before they even brought it up and and I tend to be like yeah I mostly wasn't but then they told me it was important and now I believe it. Um, it was a very strange thing. Incidentally, the joke I was going to make earlier is that the guy, they discover that his name is Beatrix Cosmo. Um, and, uh, that's a, it's a Kill Bill and a Seinfeld reference of characters that are not given names. Anyway. Um, I got it. It's oh, good. I see. I see. Thank you, Aaron. I appreciate it. I wish my I, co-host I, I would like give the, me any the support. The double aspect of it got me. I like that. Thank you. Um, I don't have attention on it. Bit of a hat on a hat, I think. <laughs> Have you ever I seen a hat, hat David? It's hilarious. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. If you saw a guy walk in, he has like a hat, and then like someone moves out of the way, there's like, oh, there's another hat. You'd be like, that's funny. <laughs> that reminds me of uh, a wonderful joke from a uh, community where someone mentions jumping the shark, and uh, uh, Troy, played by Donald Glover, um, it gets very upset. And he goes, he goes, oh, by the way, that term jumping the shark, I looked it up, and it, there was an episode of Happy Happy Days where a guy literally jumps a shark. And it was the best episode ever. <laughs> I actually, I watched all of community during this, during this lockdown. That's something I, really? that's one of the things I do. Yeah. Jen, I, never, uh, I had never I've, seen the last season, like all of the last season. So like, I was like, Oh good. I'll watch all of this show that I already know. I really like, and then I'll see the other like seven episodes of the series that I never saw before. So that's a win. I, I like the last season quite a bit. Actually. I think the, I, think, I, I like it too. It ends nicely. Yeah, I, and also I think like the inclusion of Paget Brewster always a good choice, and then Keith David. And Keith David. Now yeah. we're talking, you know, and then like a guest shot with uh, Matt Berry works for me as uh, uh, the te- the instructor of grifting one hundred and one. Yeah, Matt Berry coming in that was a surprise. Like, oh, this is wonderful. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah that show. Um, I mean, I've seen it before. Jen and I are working our way through it now, and we just got to season four, and that's the first, like, Dan Harmon-less episode. And even though there are still good things in that season, and I'm trying to think, like, if I didn't know that he was absent for that season, would I know? And and honestly, I think yes. I think you would know. know. That something's something's off. Yeah. Yeah. I've I've never watched Community, but... um... 
I remember Dan Harmon tweeted about like the one joke from the season he wasn't on that he actually really loved, um, which is the joke, the idea that Hogan's Heroes aired in Germany, but it was called Hogan's Villains. Yeah. That's very, very funny to me. <laughs> and that's it's such an it's such an obvious joke. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but they sell it pretty well. There there are some good jokes on that show, but uh but yeah, it's so I mean, uh, like, there's 12, there's what, 13, 12, ep- whatever episodes. Like, it's not like yeah. I was sitting there thinking, this isn't funny. Like, I watched the episodes, and, like, they do. The job. Right. Uh, but yeah, there's certainly a different, there's a shift, like you can tell. I think the big issue with that season is because, of course, community always has re- recurring jokes uh, or recurring types of jokes. And somehow, whenever they tried to do that, they yeah. never quite got it. But yeah. when they would do sort of their original jokes, they'd be like, oh, okay this is working. Like if the show is shifting into something new, the new thing is working, but when they're trying to approximate somebody else, Oh boy, it does not work for me at all. Uh, so Aaron, what else have you watched? What's been, uh, uh, one of your favorite things that you've watched, uh, uh that's on your list. One of my, I've watched a lot of good. The good thing about this is everything that I have to watch I know is going to be good because it's some kind of class. You're nodding. You're, you're shaking your head. Cause David did oh no, I was giving a uh, David. My phone uh, keeps uh, making noise. <laughs> and I don't actually care at all for the record. Um, I talked, I talked about one of these things on our, on the HCA, what you watch and show the Tokyo drifter, um, the, the, uh, the Japanese film, um, who's the director I cannot think of right now at this moment. It's an S. I know that. Um, but of, of the best things I've watched, it's that and his other film, Branded to Kill, um, which are both. Oh, famous. it's uh, Saijin Suzuki. Is that Suzuki? Nice? Yeah. Am I saying that right? Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yes. Yeah. Uh, both because they just hit my sensibilities in all the right ways. And I can see the influence on so many other, you know, artists since from Tarantino to Cowboy Bebop, as far as what they're doing or what he was doing with those films. Um, and I especially like just reading about them, um, about these, these like, wild hit assassin films one of them is more of a musical comedy the other is just more like absurdist hitman stuff but like this is a time where suzuki's basically like challenging the studio by doing what he's doing in these movies and to the point where when he made brand of the kill he got fired because they just couldn't take like his antics anymore as far as doing things that were like ahead of the time uh, but those are movies that i just really enjoyed uh, um, i remember i saw um probably shortly after i moved to los angeles um the Egyptian showed a couple of Suzuki films I went to see, uh, not really knowing much about him, but one of the movies they showed was called Detective Bureau 23 Go to Hell Bastards. Um, <laughs> and I went to see that movie based on uh, the title alone. Well, well yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, a movie I watched, and this, this links to Excalibur. Uh, in Excalibur, you, you have um, uh, Carmina Barana. I, saying uh-huh. that I, the I know what you mean, but yeah, I don't know if that's yeah. how you say it. But uh, it, it's also in The Doors, which I watched like oh. a day later. It was not I thought for sure you were going to go with General's Daughter. <laughs> it's in The General's <laughs> I, Daughter. I only have time for one Simon West to film, year, film a year. <laughs> that's Con Air, of course. Um, yeah. The watching i watched the doors for the first time i hadn't i watched the final cut i should say i have i mean i don't know the differences between Alverson's other versions but not uh, but i had not seen the doors before um, and i was not expecting to hear that music in the doors shortly after watching excalibur but regardless 
um, I was quite the fan. I'm aware it has a mixed reception. I, I, I'd like to think that everyone pretty much acknowledges how great Val Kilmer is in that film. Yeah. Um, and I, I can see where it, you know, it, it rides the certain, like, this is, you know, when, when he got to L.A. Wait, did you say it rides not. the serpent? <laughs> or the storm. Exactly. Uh, um, it's, on, it's on the storm. On the yeah. serpent. Okay. <laughs> My article. I've never seen it. <laughs> uh, I think I, 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 but, uh, I, I hear it's good, but I, I think I dislike the doors, the band too much to want to see it. I um I have no real opinion of the doors beyond I like what I hear. I don't I don't you know, I'm not reading up and thinking, man, you know, Jim Morrison did things I don't approve of or what have you. I'm just thinking I know these songs and I like them. And watching the movie, the regardless of, you know, however you want to frame accuracy or what have you when it comes to depicting a band in a movie, and I've had issues with that in certain movies and less than others. It's about execution. Oliver Stone seems like the ideal filmmaker to make a movie about the doors. And that's the thing I recognize the most about it. He seems like this is exactly who you want to get to make this movie because the atmosphere is just so striking in that film. And it felt like such a great mood movie. Like it's two hour, two and a half, almost two and a half hours. And I was never like, you know, watching my watch or thinking, when's Jim Morrison going to do this? I was just like, I'm just transfixed by what's going on here. I think the, and it's a wonder, what a great nineties cast, but you have Val Kilmer, Meg Ryan, Michael Madsen, Frank Whaley, uh, Kevin Dillon, uh, like Chris, Chris McGlover's Andy Warhol at one point. There's just like a lot of Kyle people. There was like, right? Kyle McLaughlin. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, that feels that always feels like a mouthful when you have to say Kyle McLaughlin's name, right? You have to like, <laughs> yeah. you really like throw it out there. You can't just say yeah, Kyle McLaughlin. You, say, Kyle you McLaughlin. know, you have to, you got to clear your throat before you attempt yeah. to say Kyle McLaughlin. I would say like that his his name is a throat clear. <laughs> I need to say like the bracha or another Jewish prayer first before I start saying Kyle McLaughlin. <laughs> but um, it's, a, it's a good cast, and. and Kilmer is what, like, I was looking at the year 91, you have Hopkins and Nolte and uh, Warren Beatty, among others. It's like, it was a big year as far as, like, actor nominees, so it's like, I guess he didn't need to get nominated, but it's like, he's, I could could easily put this up to, you know, ahead of music biopic performances that have won Oscars, let alone, you know, been nominated for them, so it's, like, he's terrific in it. I want to know, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to change subjects from the doors. Well, what I was going to say is that, like, I mean, yeah, uh, certainly around this time, I mean, you look at JFK and and moving into, you know, natural born killers and that sort of thing. I mean, Oliver Stone's style in general was a little bit psychedelic, for lack of a better term. Yeah. Uh, and and while like he I don't it's been a while since I've seen the seen the doors. But at the time, I was aware of what Oliver Stone was doing uh, at that time. And he does he's not quite as manic with his editing as he is in something like Natural Born Killers. But he still does bring a certain energy to it. Because I think that's one of my big problems with a lot of musical biopics is they're just so st- yeah, they're stale. The stale and static, and uh, just not my no chances being taken. They're they're what yeah. I call Wikipedia movies. They're filled. They're just oh, like, yeah. absolutely. And you know, I look at something like like Ray, which I think is a, you know, it has its moments. But then you look at something. The one that I I tend to go to is Walk the Line, which at the very least, if nothing else, has a lot of energy when it comes time for like the musical performances. And then the idea that like James Mangold is an action director. It's like yes direct this uh, bring an action director to make this and so uh so to bring that oliver stone type energy and sensibility to a musical biopic especially one about you know 
Jim Morrison, I think works really, really well. And he manages to sort of subvert the, what I think probably even at the, even by then, you know, with stuff like the Buddy Holly story and La Bamba, like what were cliches even then. And I think, you know, you, as you said, like execution is like 90% of the, of the movie, like anything, even the most boring run of the mill narrative can become really interesting and really exciting if you have the director bringing an energy to it that I think he really sure. does. So what I wanted to know is in your Meg Ryan deep dive, what did you think of Hurley Burley? I, I didn't get to Hurley. Oh, I wasn't specifically going bad. for Meg Ryan. It was just more like, there's a lot of movies I happened to see that had Meg Ryan. I, I meant in the Tom Hanks movies, The Doors, Top, I'd watched Tom, my girlfriend and I, my lovely girlfriend and I, we watched Top Gun um around fourth of july so there's just like a lot of and then of course the hunt for red october um so you know there's a lot of a lot Where of Mike ryan played the submarine <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and she got on with uh with, with uh, sean, sean connery and it's like, red october oh, coming through <laughs> <laughs> this is very I did watch dumb. the hunt for red October. It just fit in. That's all. <laughs> uh, I haven't seen that one since I was a kid, red October, maybe, maybe college, but, uh, uh I've seen it a lot, but that's not a, yeah, I saw it a lot when I was younger. It had a new Blu-ray. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to watch the hunt for mm. red October. Well, what else, what, what else is, yeah, I want to know what I like. We probably, uh, I know, Tyler needs to get out of here at some point. Um, oh, hold uh, here. I have a whole, I have lists. I have whole yeah. Lists. Let's, uh, let's, let's do a, a speed run through some stuff and then we'll stop you when we have, uh, insightful comments or dumb jokes to make. There you War go. Of the world came out on a uh, criterion recently. The uh, I watched that. 53. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's fan. The transfer is fantastic for one. Yeah. Seeing, seeing, and I, I was thinking about this while watching it, like movies from like the fifties and sixties were like, where they're made with color before the seventies was like, let's, let's dower things up a bit. It's so like vibrant and alive. So when you watch yeah. a new transfer of a film like that, that's so colorful already, it's like, Oh my God, this looks amazing. So just watching the war of the worlds it, I mean, in addition to being an entertaining film with a lot more religious symbolism that I was realizing, mm -hmm. um, I, I was just, I was really into just the visual look of this thing. It just had so much going on for it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so for the world, uh, what I watch, um, holiday, watch holiday, um, with the, not the holiday, but holiday with Harry Grant. <laughs> okay, it's gonna ask, um, yeah, and and you know, her, uh, Catherine, um, <laughs> um, but no, just I was in a screwball comedy mood, so sure. I watched holiday, enjoyed that one. Um, let's see, there, as a gamer, I've been playing a lot of things, and I've been playing, um, recently this game called Ghosts of Sumusha, Tsushima. Um, it's a samurai game, so I, I was like, I'm gonna samurai mood. So I watched. Uh, I got. I have the Lone Wolf and Cub block box mm. set. So I watched. I watched the first one. I watched the first one of those, and I've seen. Um, what's the edited together version called? Um, oh, okay, it's what it's. And you mentioned Kill Bill. It's what they. It's what the what um the daughter wants to watch at Kill Bill too. Shogun. Shogun. Um, <laughs> Regardless, I I, yeah, I know you're just just Shogun with Richard Chamberlain. No, not Shogun with Richard Chamberlain. Um, Shogun Assassin. I can't. Shogun Assassin. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. I've never one. seen it, but I've seen Kill Bill enough times that I was like, I know, I know this. 
No, I've, I've seen the truncated version, which is Shogun Assassin. I've never seen like all of the films separately before because there's like six of them, uh, six or seven. So I watched the first one of those and it's like, yeah, this is like just like pulpy samurai fun. Or I guess Ronin fun, but regardless, it's just, it, it's entertaining as far as seeing something that's less serious about this kind of way of life and, you know, adding a baby on top of it because that was all the rage even back in the, even back then. Um I've seen you. I've seen Yojimbo before. I've never seen Sanjuro, so I watch Yojimbo and Sanjuro back to back to get my uh, double Mufune thing going. And uh, um, Sanjuro, that that that's certainly like that's Kurosawa in like a zone as far as like we've just been doing this a lot lately, and we know how to kind of make a entertaining entertaining samurai jump, uh, you know, piece of film as opposed to something that's more. I don't know, cerebral. Mm-hmm. Uh, so watching Yojimbo then going to Sanjuro, which is kind of lighter in tone. Yeah, I that those are just those are just fun movies to watch. Which is like people should think that more when you see Kurosawa. It's not homework. It's just it's like it's just fun to pop onto a Kurosawa movie every now and then. Yeah, that's that's definitely it's something that honestly uh, students have have talked about when I show them. You know, because I've I've shown them Hidden Fortress and uh rashomon and i feel like there was another one but now i can't remember what it was but um it wasn't seven samurai because it was too long but uh Redbeard. that's only three hours <laughs> i and you know what i actually oh it might have been thrown of blood sorry pardon me um and and like and i always require like written uh written response from my students and especially with kurosawa the number of them that said i expected this to be boring i expected this to be you know hard to watch or hard to follow or whatever it is. And it's like, but it was so fun and it was so exciting. And it's just like, yeah, I do think that like, because a, a foreign language film, especially a classic foreign language film, because you're, it's like, well, I have to read it. So already it feels like it's probably more serious. Right. And when you're talking about classics, it's like, well, they're important and anything that's important can't possibly be fun. Um, and so, you know, when you watch, when you watch Kurosawa, you can, you get a sense of, if nothing else, he's clearly having a lot of fun. Like he's, he's loving the movie that he's making and, and really enjoying himself. And I think it really comes through, uh, something like, you know, David just watched hidden fortress and that movie is just so much fun. You know, I mean, obviously throne of blood is maybe less fun. It's, it, it is more mournful and and that sort of thing. Yeah. But if you're staring at Mifune's face throughout that movie, it's a a riot. (laughs) He's making some, making some faces in that movie. Um, yeah, and I, I definitely, I think Throne of Blood, yeah, probably Rashomon is my favorite Kurosawa, but Throne of Blood is right behind it. Um, I'm a samurai guy, seven samurai guy, but I mean, you're splitting hairs. Yeah. <laughs> and I just saw, I just saw Yojimbo for the first time um, a couple months ago. I still, I own Sanjuro, but I haven't watched it yet. Um, and, uh, and I loved Yojimbo as well, because that one especially feels like he's having fun because he's bringing a certain modern cynicism and sensibility to yeah. things and allowing, allowing a little bit more absurdity into, uh, into this, into the movie. Like, it's like the, I don't, I don't, I don't say this as like a bad thing, but it feels like the closest that he got to slumming. It's like, yeah, we'll just make a, I'll just get this Dashiell Hammett novel yeah, and, and just, you know, let's just go, let's do this. You, you good with that Toshiro? Yeah, sure. I'll just, you know, strut through town and play up some things and have fun with it. I mean, it like, oh, like, let's... Like it's, it's, 
it's it's weird to say like it's not essential because it's like essential as far as yeah it's a classic or what have you but it just like yeah. in terms of what it's accomplishing compared to <laughs> what Rashomon's accomplishing what Throne of Blood I feel is accomplishing what yeah. Seven Samurai's doing as far as influencing decades of cinema it's just like yeah and then your Jimbo's here too and it's just like a jaunt like that's how kind of feels. but I mean in that way I mean it it's very much like red harvest or or any uh dashiell hammett like these are just these extremely well-written hard-boiled detective novels that have a a quality to them that brings a certain degree of existential dread and uh and nihilism to them but for the most part they're just like these fun novels that i think people might view as disposable maybe at the time but when something it goes back to what you were saying like if something is executed well, whether it be a novel or a movie, it doesn't matter how seemingly uh, pedestrian or forgettable it, it is me- it even meant to be, it's still, there's still so much that you can learn from it and enjoy it. And there's still craft going on mm-hmm. it's so much so that you can still view it just as much as a, a, you know, just as much a classic as something that is a little bit more quote unquote important. Um, yeah, it's uh, now. Now uh, you know what I, I'm probably going to uh, prioritize. Uh, Sanjuro, actually. Yeah, Sanjuro, then War of the Gargantuas. So just <laughs> exactly. Yeah, um, just the, the classic Japanese cinema films. All right. So, uh, how about with the the VOD, the things that have been released since we locked down? What have been some highlights for you? Um, you know, I'm a big fan of the Vast of Night, just like yeah. you are. Same here. Um, so, you know, yeah. can't, can't speak well, ill of that. Palm Springs is wonderful as well. Um, these are some of the obvious ones. I should get to the other ones. Um, but you know what? I, I watched, not necessarily new to VOD, but just to mention it because it's a friend of, friend of the podcast. I watched Man Camp. I watched Man Camp. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, Josh, with writer Josh Long. That's right. Um, and uh, it's enjoyable. I enjoyed that film. There's, you know, I, I mean, a friend co-wrote it, so uh, he knows the issues that I have with it. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and I went in being like, I'm going to do a favor to a friend and watch a movie that he co-wrote. Um, and it is not a, it's far from perfect. There are moments that, that frustrate me, but there are other moments that I really like. And I got to say, I'm, I'm largely unfamiliar with Pete Gardner. Um, but I do enjoy him a lot in that. Very movie. good. Yeah, very um, funny. Yeah. And not just because increasingly uh, every time I look at him, I just see Kenneth Mars. He just looks so much oh, like yeah, Kenneth Mars to me. Yeah, like, yeah, it's crazy. Um, yeah. but yeah, so I'm sorry. Uh, so you, you enjoyed man camp. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I, I, okay. I don't need to get into any problems with it. I thought it was an enjoyable film. Um, now, Aaron, uh, let me ask you this: uh, Have you seen any mo- Have you seen any new movies that you're in? <laughs> um, let me think about that. You know what? I actually have. What? Um, I, I, <laughs> I, this must be a surprise to you. We don't have I, to. I, we I, don't have to talk about this. I just wanted to be able to ask that. It's not something no, I, I get I to ask watch, very often. I, I did watch the real Real Redemption, and I. I I, th- I thought it had a lot of good information to be presented. And I thought you did a, a, a good job of, of spelling out some interesting themes regarding Christian film and how it's evolved over the decades and what have you. Well, thank you very much. I was perfectly fine. You could have said it's pure shit. I just liked the idea of asking that question. So um, <laughs> um, here's, a, here's a couple more. Um, an American Pickle that comes out the week that we're 
recording this um, with Seth Rogen as both a man from 1920s Eastern Europe who comes to America, as well as Seth Rogen in modern day America. And um, I quite enjoyed this movie, um, mainly, not mainly, but I, you know what, I watched it with my dad for one thing. And I mean, both of us being Jewish and it being a film about family to a good degree, there was a, it's a very Jewy family movie. And I was really into that. I was, I was into how much it really emphasized that. And from a plot or like a, just like the structure wise, it's not like knocking on the door of Hal Ashby, but it was essentially like Jewish being there. Like that's kind of how I felt about watching that movie as Mm. far as this man who comes into a society out of nowhere and starts influencing it in whatever ways he does, not because it's a Seth Rogen vehicle. So it has a certain kind of humor that's going along with it. Although it's tampered down compared to other things that he's done as, but regardless, I just really liked it. I thought it was very enjoyable. I, I laughed a lot and I also felt the sort of sentiment that it goes for. So I thought it was well worth watching as far as the HBO Max original productions go. Um, <laughs> I, I talked uh, about my thoughts on the movie on the most recent movie journal, which were more positive than negative, though maybe not quite as positive as, as yours. Sure. Uh, let's see. I like the old is, guard. Is it okay? Quite a bit. Can I can sure. I incorporate the word Jewy into more of my reviews, or am I? Is that a little little iffy? Like when I, I talk, I but only if I talk about like Fiddler on the Roof or something. I mean, uh, yeah, that's like a go-to, obviously. Like that or, or uh, a serious man, you know, both of those. You, you know, <laughs> right. In all honesty, my wife, who is Jewish, describes things as Jewy a lot, but I've never really felt comfortable saying I, I mean, I don't feel comfortable writing it because it's, <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, it's not like it's not like within my body of work I'm writing, like, yeah. by the way, I'm Jewish and you can understand this. It's more like, yeah, I don't need to. I, there's other ways I can describe something because I'm, you know, all of us are good writers. I mean, we can get around using our own humorous <laughs> thoughts on how we can describe ourselves <laughs> to get into things. I remember there was a, I was listening to the, this is a while ago. I was listening to the commentary track on clerks, the animated series, which that show is so, is so much better than most things Kevin Smith is associated with. But anyway, really, that's, no, that's was, another thing I watched during this lockdown. I'm a huge really? fan of the animated series and I watched oh, yeah. it with the commentaries. I watched it both because it's been so long since I've seen it. I watched the series and then a week later because I know the commentaries are funny because they generally offer his stuff. I watched it again with the commentary track. So yeah. it's very fresh in my mind. <laughs> it's weird. I was just thinking about Clerks the Animated Series too, or at least one specific thing. Because my wife and I were watching uh catching up on the Detour and uh the TBS show that's now canceled. Um and Judge Reinhold is in a couple of episodes and I was like, uh-huh. Man, when did I last see Judge Reinhold in anything? And I realized it was when he voiced a Judge Reinhold the judge. <laughs> yeah. On Clerks <laughs> Enemies. That was the last thing that I heard of him. The last thing I saw him in was the Santa Claus. Oh yeah. Which yeah. he's which he's pretty good in. Um but yeah, well, he, the- he was really good on the detour. It made me think like, why is Judge Reinhold not it? in stuff as much i i think it's one of those things where i think he is so associated with a certain time right it's i think like he's steve gutenberg like steve gutenberg 100 yeah. percent. um and that's unfortunate that that happens but it does um but yeah uh not enough so, white men out there exactly <laughs> let's start bringing really the old ones that. back um <laughs> but uh on clerks the animated series um al franken shows up as the mayor and he's mayor yes. mccheese yes. like he's a, that's his halloween costume like he comes from a halloween party and doesn't change out of his costume to give a press conference <laughs> and so but then they <laughs> then they talk to the chief of police 
and it's Big Mac, like the the other character from the McDonald's world. And he goes, I was also at a costume party, though not the same costume party. Um, but uh, and it's Mike McShane who voices him. Anyway, on the, on the see, it's a pretty good show uh, with its ridiculousness. But anyway, um, so. Uh, <laughs> So in the commentary, uh, they told um, Al Franken to be like, be like if you can like really be like super nasally and kind of and sort of like maybe every statement like ended almost as a question, and he just goes, he goes, oh, so like more Jewy, and they're and they're like, uh, well, if you that's if you want to say that, that's fine. Uh, that that's how you want to interpret it. Go right ahead. But um, but yeah, it's uh, that is a. It's a very funny, funny show. show. Yeah, it is. I forgot, man. In ta- I hadn't that, thought about that Mayor McCheese thing until talking about it right now. I think about it all the time because the the, the line "Nothing can stop the grimace" is constantly <laughs> circling my mind. Like, it's, <laughs> it's a very, I, um, boy, yeah, <laughs> that show is. If that kept going, like imagine if that was at like season six, no, no more than that, season sixteen, like yeah. Family Guy or whatever it is. It's like they they probably could have kept really just knocking out that humor because they really had it yeah. down but like the, pretty early on with what they're trying to do um what other things uh the old guard i mentioned that just briefly uh, I, I i was a fan of the old guard i i what i was a fan of was if there if the criticism is there's a lot of setup for a sequel my thought was i like these people enough where i'm looking forward to seeing more of them in a sequel so i'm not too upset about it being some kind of origin tale because I like this origin enough where I, yeah, let's see further adventures of them. It has issues. I'm not doubting that, but I do think there's a lot of strong stuff in it. So, uh, let alone the people involved and in who's making it is like, yeah, good for, mm. good for you, Netflix. Um, uh, let's see. Deerskin. Did anyone see Deerskin? Yeah, I saw it at AFI um, Fest last year. Yeah. I finally saw it this year. I was, I was super happy with Deerskin. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Especially as someone who does not consider himself a Quentin Depew fan. I went in skeptical. I basically, it was one of those like festival type things where there's a hole in my schedule and this movie's 79 minutes long. Yeah, exactly. I'll check it out. Um, but uh, went in skeptical because I don't really like Quentin Depew and then really enjoyed Deerskin. I've only seen Rubber. I haven't seen any of his other films. And that one was like, well, I walked into a movie about a killer tire, and I got a movie about a killer tire. Like, I don't know, like, yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit odd. Uh, this one also odd, but Jean Dujardin, sorry, Academy Award winner Jean Dujardin. Like, I, I, I get that he didn't really transfer over to America because apparently people were like Wolf of Wall Street. I don't want to see this guy anymore. I just want to see all these other people in movies. Uh, and you know, the artist, like, yeah, we gave him an award, whatever. But whatever he's been doing in, in in Europe, I'm glad it led him to this, where he gets to play this ridiculous character that's so, like, engaging to watch. And he has a great, like, face, like, where he can do a lot with just, like, turning because of, like, just the shape of him. And so it, the way he's able to kind of spell out these random motions he has about being this man who is subservient to this jacket that he has, it's so, like, it's such absurdist fun. And then it it's it's wild before it gets insanely violent. And then it's like, mm-hmm. Oh, this is the natural, the natural conclusion of things, I guess. And what a, what a way to go with it. So I was, I was a big fan. Uh, I'm trying to be vague on some of these. Cause yeah. 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 
and also you've got uh, I mean yeah he's obviously the focal point but uh, Portrait of a Lady on Fire's Adele Hanel is also fantastic in, in Deerskin in the way she humors him for much of yeah. this movie it's very <laughs> yeah. it's, it's very entertaining um, one I don't want to miss this because I just watched this today and I was surprised by how much I was engaged by it um, Come to Daddy with Elijah Wood have either of you uh, seen or heard of this movie I've heard I've of it heard, I've heard of it yeah it's if Elijah Wood has like, which I, I assume he has just like God levels amounts of money where he just can do whatever he wants to for the rest of his life. If he just wants to be in like obscure indie, you know, dark comedies or horror movies, like good for him because I like the things that he tends to attach himself to, whether it's as a producer, like with Mandy or something like this, where he plays just, he plays this guy. He has this weird bull haircut. He plays, he plays like the epitome of a hipster. Like that's what he seems to be going for in this thing. And he's visiting his father, and who's like, and he's a strange father. And it take it. There's no, there's nothing I can do about this to describe it further without ruining things that happen. But it's such an unpredictable film that's very darkly comedic and thrilling and macabre. And I was so like taken aback by the different like from where you start with this movie to where it goes there's no way I could have seen where that was happening, but it's so entertaining and it's only like nine years. It's like, not, not a long watch. It's on prime right now. I was very happy to check it out just on a whim. I was like, Oh yeah, this is that movie that got some good notices earlier mm-hmm. in the year. And I was very happy to do so because it's, it's a, it's a good one. It, you know, what's a, a cool movie. Speaking of weird, uh, Elijah would one-offs. Do you remember grand piano? Yeah. You ever see yeah. that? Uh, Chazelle wrote that, right? Uh, oh did he really um yeah, yeah but, the, uh, writer on that one yeah with but with uh yeah uh john cusack and uh uh alex winter is in that uh bill S. Yes, Preston esquire yeah. himself shows up um yeah i should watch grand piano again that's a good movie that's a fun one that's a that's yeah. a fun thriller it's and a pretty unique premise as far as race against time movies go yeah I had no idea that Damien Chazelle wrote that. That's uh, I'm yeah. immediately more interested in that. He's and I would, and I was already interested. Cause he did like a draft of 10 Cloverfield lane also. Like he was in like genre world for a bit before it's like, by the way, I can, I can direct a little bit too. Hmm. But it's also weird when it goes the other way, like how um, didn't uh, Alex Ross Perry wrote that terrible Winnie the Pooh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. What was that called? Was it Christopher, Christopher Robin? Robin? Yeah. Christopher Robin. Which was yeah. by Christopher Robin. And then there's, hey, it's Christopher Robin. Christopher yeah. Robin. And neither one of them was very good. No, no, no. They really. couldn't get it right. Even with Alex no. Ross Perry, <laughs> the writer director of, of uh, Queen of Earth and, and Her Smell, uh, took on Christopher Robin. Didn't <laughs> Meanwhile, what's his, what's his face? Who did, ghost, who did a ghost story? What's his name? David um, Lowry? Lowry. Meanwhile, he can, he knocks Peace Dragon out of the park. Like I was happy with Peace Dragon. So. Eh. I like Peace Dragon. <laughs> there are things I like about Peace Dragon. Like I do like the general atmosphere of it. Yes, um, but yeah. But I do like those directors who can like like um, to watch something like Jerry or Elephant. And then to watch Finding Forrester and realize they're from the same person. It's like. Yeah. Is Finding Forrester like a joke to him? Like, not that I, I mean, I, I don't actually think that, but like, how, what is on his mind when he's making Finding Forrester, knowing that he has a Jerry in him as well? Well, like Schumacher feels like one of the best examples of that too, as far as the blockbuster career he had versus the, 
look at these other things that I've done that are very much yeah. more in what seems like my league of film. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it is a, a good question, especially, yeah. Like last day's elephants, Jerry, and then something like a finding forester, which it just makes you wonder like, did he, I bet, did he just sleep, just sleepwalk through this? Cause it, cause it, it does like, seem like the kind of thing. I that don't like, think, cause I think he is like, I think there are elements of sentimentality that show up in his movies that I think. Sure. Uh, I, I do think there's something, there's something, I, I don't think finding Forrester is very good, but I don't think he's being dishonest. I was joking, like saying it's a, it's a, it's a joke, but it is, uh, it is very strange to think of someone working in such a different uh mode in in one career but maybe that's the uh maybe it's because you and i are maybe a little too married to the auteur theory that we sure. uh, are surprised by these sort of things but vansant doesn't have too many of those though i mean it's not it's not like he does big very much yeah i mean there's also goodwill hunting which is uh I mean, in the finding yeah. forester i mean there is that vein. that was like a sliding scale where he goes like from to die for to goodwill hunting to psycho is like the ultimate as far as like fuck it give me the money and i'll do it but like and then finding forester feels like a you know a push back and then he's like all right now let me go now i'll do last day i'll do elephant i'll do smaller more no. obscure stuff. like the what's the biggest thing he's done since then like milk or i mean yeah. promised land was a bust right i mean there's not it's not many of these at that point yeah, did I mean, you see um rest what was it called? Restless? Restless, yeah, I saw Restless. That with what's his it's someone's son. Like Dennis Hopper's kid is like one of those. Oh yeah, Henry Hopper, that's right. That's who it is. Him and um, um and Wazikowska, right? Yeah, Mia Vazikowska. Um yeah, that was a I would say more of a um like a fascinating disaster movie. I don't think it's very good at all, but uh it's its own beast, I think. I didn't see the sea of trees, but I heard horrible, horrible right. things about it. Yeah. yeah I mean, looking only, at that's the only thing I, I know the premise. I know it has McConaughey and we not Watanabe and I know people don't like it. That's the extent that I know. of the <laughs> yeah. sea of trees. I mean, you know, you look at his filmography and he does seem like someone who, who wants to challenge himself regularly, you know, and psycho is if nothing else, a challenge like to see if he is, a, can capture this same vibe. Um, and so, which is why you get to something like a finding forester and, and you know what, let's, let's go ahead and say it's, it's, it's really great. And, and I, and maybe for the type of film that it is, uh, it's very effective, but it definitely doesn't seem like it would be much of a challenge for him sure as opposed yeah. to something like last days uh or jerry or e or even you know psycho um and and maybe even maybe even to die for is a bit of a challenge as well like seeing like can i take can i take this uh rather tragic story and and make it seem like trashy fun and, and really emphasize the fun um, without, o without overextending myself and, and underplaying the, the, the sadness and pathetic quality of it. Um, and I so think I think that, maybe that that's, fits like that, that fits that middle part where it's like, I'm doing my thing, but it's also something that has a bigger scale to it. And I have a big yeah. star attached to it. And it. It's that balance where, and so, and that was like a, not a breakout cause he already broke out of, <laughs> like other you know not necessarily on like a, on a big mainstream scale but he's certainly like a name at that point but yeah to die for was like something of a coming out party as far as like hey this is a guy you should be watching like you know see some of those films well 
I could I talk know. movies all oh, night, yeah. but yeah, uh, we do have to have to wrap up. Uh, anything else on your on your list, uh, Aaron? That you're gonna you're gonna blow us away with? Uh, I mean, I watched all of George Miller's films, including the Mad Max quadrilogy, which we've all seen, of course, right? Yeah, we've None all of seen all of course, those Mad yeah. Max movies. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, no, I, I mean, I, I could just be rattling off titles, so nothing significant yeah. at that point. I, I, I wanted to mention Come to Daddy because, like, this is a surprise. Like, that just came out of nowhere. Hmm. So that's a good one. Well, um, we'll have to have you back uh, another four and a half months into us all still being safer at home because it's never, ever going to end. And we'll talk about the other things that have come out. Uh, in the meantime, you can find us at battleshippretension.com. You can uh, follow, you can email us at david at battleshippretension.com or tyler at battleshippretension.com. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at davypretension. I'd tell you all the movies I reviewed this week, but this episode is actually going up. We're recording this episode rather early. Um, so just fine. I've reviewed a bunch of shit. It's all. I thought you were going to say, I would tell, uh, I would say all the names, but this episode's already long enough yeah. because you've reviewed so much. Uh, yeah, it was, I, I don't know what, uh, I think I want like when everything was coming out in theaters, I feel like people were maybe very aware of what other things were coming out. And now maybe there's less awareness of that. And so it happens where in the space of a week, a ton of movies that appealed to me, <laughs> like came out at the same time. Um, but, uh, uh yeah, I'm not sure, uh, how that happened. But yeah, find all those reviews. Uh, what was I going to say? Follow Tyler on Twitter at Tyler Pretension. Tyler, do you have anything to plug? Yeah, over at morethanonelesson.com, uh, there is a new uh, episode of my podcast. This one is not about movies, but it is uh, important. And it's basically explores the nature of forgiveness, what it is, what it looks like, how to do it, and the benefit of it. Um, and so... Uh, I enjoyed doing that episode, but it can get pretty heavy at times. But uh, I... I you know, obviously it's a Christian show, so there's going to be that element to it, but it doesn't have to be uh, exclusively that. So, um, so do check that out at more than one lesson.com. And then do also check out the, uh, uh, the documentary real redemption, the rise of Christian cinema starring one Aaron Newworth, and uh, <laughs> recently accepted to the Canadian international faith and film festival. So Ooh, that's, that's exciting. That's three film festivals. That's, I'm very excited that they chose the film. I wouldn't say honored, um, but uh, but it's it's fun to get uh, that level of exposure. The CIFF, um, I mean, that's something right there. It's the C. It's the CIFFF, I believe. I, I thought I was. I, I wanted to get it in quickly. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. wait, yeah. wouldn't Chicago would be CIA, Chicago International yes. Film Festival? Is that what it's yes. called? Right. I believe so. Yeah. And there's also, as we know, as former Chicagoans, uh, the cool kids go to Cuff, the Chicago Underground Film Festival. That's right. That was always a a big deal every year. Um, Aaron, where can people find you? What do you have to plug? Uh, You know what? I have an exclusive I can plug for you right now. Oh, shit. Uh, Exclusives. By the time this this episode comes out, the article will already be online, but it will be in print, I think, before this episode drops. I I got brought into uh, Variety to do some freelance work. Oh, fantastic. uh, My my first article post, I did an interview with the director of Peninsula, the sequel to Train to Busan. Uh, So that's going to be up tomorrow from the time of this recording. Um, So I'm very excited about that. And um, that's congratulations. And everybody head to yeah. their newsstands and get uh, pick up variety. Yeah. The August 18th issue apparently is when it will be 
in there. And um, in addition to that, I regularly review for WeLiveEntertainment.com. I do weekly reviews over there. I generally do a bunch of reviews in one post because there's so many, like you mentioned, Dave, there's so many things coming out on VOD. So I, yeah. I just, I, I see a bunch of movies and I don't want to write like so many reviews for all of these. So I just kind of put it into one big post. I forget um, to, usually. I forget to ask about the other movies. That come out. Did you see Red Penguins? No, I did not see Red. I saw the, I saw, I got the invites or whatever for it, but I didn't see it. Ton of fun. Worthwhile. Ton of fun. Good? Okay. Yeah. I'll keep that in mind. I'll, I'll find that email. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I write there. We, we have entertainment. I uh, host a podcast of my own. My friend Abe, it is called Out Now with Aaron and Abe. We talk about new releases and other things given this pandemic. We've been trying to get really creative and have fun with the podcast since things are kind of changing as far as how we've generally done the show. And we do commentary tracks every month as well, which are a lot of fun. We're doing Enter the Dragon this month because of Ooh. the big Bruce Lee box set that came out on Criterion. And, oh, yeah, uh, I thought it was because of R.I.P. John Saxon. It, it, we, you know, right. we were talking about that the day before he passed away. We were like, let's do Enter the Dragon for the commentary. And then the day, the day later, John Saxon passed away. He's like, oh, boy, well, that, that, that's timely, I suppose. But how sad because, mm-hmm. I mean, not much like Wolfram Brindley. He's like, he was up there. I get it. But at the same mm-hmm. time, it's like, well, that was unexpected. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's our, our show out now there in the name, the podcast there, and um, on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Well, thank you again for being here, Aaron. And thank you, thank you everyone home for listening. We'll get you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>